Hey guys, before you skip forward to the meat of the episode, please take a moment to listen to this because this is a company you need to know about. I'm really excited to share with you guys that I've partnered up with a wonderful company that's innovating how we connect with those that we've lost. That company is called After. And if you haven't heard about them, here are the details. They've created the first ever gravesite camera system. What that means is that they provide for you a camera that's solar powered for you to put in the gravesite of your loved one and you get a constant 24-7 live feed of that gravesite through your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever it may be. What's beautiful about that is that you can also share audio with the gravesite from the comfort of your home from your phone. So this is a beautiful way to stay connected when there's distance between you and the gravesite of the loved one, especially now during COVID times, travel restrictions, even if it's just distance that's separating you and you can't go visit the gravesite every month or every week or as much as you'd like, this is the way to do it. So Super cool. If you guys want to find out more, their website is after.live and that's A-F-T-R dot L-I-V-E. And if you use my code, which is death dash 10, you get 10% off your camera. If this isn't for you at the moment, make sure you go check them out regardless. Tell your friends about it because this is really powerful technology that everyone should be aware of. And now, welcome to episode 29 of the Conversations on Death podcast. My name is Lorena, and I'm your host for the Conversations on Death podcast. Death is the one thing we all have in common, yet it's one of the most taboo subjects in our culture. So, I invite you, dear deathling, to join my guests and I as we dive deep into everything death-related, and in the process, learn about the many lessons death has to teach us, the living. On today's episode, I spoke to Jessica Wirtz, who is the founder of Spirit Vessel. Spirit Vessel gives you the tools to create your own personalized celebration of life ceremony, whether you're pre-planning your own ceremony, you're having a living memorial ceremony or a memorial service in the comfort of your home or via webcasting services. And she's also a ceramic artist. So she incorporated these two passions of hers ritual ceremony and pottery into spirit vessel and it aims to restore the use of intimate ceremony around death by creating a guideline for meaningful connection. It was a lovely, lovely interview and conversation between Jessica and I. We spoke a lot about ceremony and ritual, about grief, um, different kinds of grief of pets of relationships of careers and how to deal with grief and in many different ways we opened up about some personal stuff and overall it really made my heart warm to speak to Jessica she's a beautiful soul so I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and one last thing I forgot to say before I let you guys listen into the rest of the episode she created a platform online called Spirit Letters. So that's spiritletters.com. And it's a place for us to share stories about our loved ones after they've passed. So I will link that website on the episode notes. And okay, that's all I got. I'll let you guys be. Enjoy the episode. So let's see. Let's just start off, introduce yourself and share whatever you'd like to share with the audience. And then we'll go from there. 
Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I am thrilled to be here and to share this story. It's um, probably only the second time I've really shared much about Spirit Vessel and what this offering is and the journey of getting there. So um, it's a pleasure. I will start out by saying um, I'm a ceramic artist by trade and my life's work has been in the arts. And it isn't until more recently, the last couple of years, I've really combined my passion for ceramics and uh, my 10 years of experience in making these ritualistic objects and bringing beauty and intention into the home um, with this greater service of what I've really been uh, called to, my heart's calling, which is spirit vessel. And spirit vessel is the combination of ceramic handmade urns with um, the ceremonies. So there's a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack here, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but basically creating intimate personalized ceremonies that can be done in house. So really it's bringing death and the conversation of death back into the home, back into the family. And it's done through the vehicle of creating these personalized ceremonies. Beautiful. I love that because ceremony is really important and too many of us aren't involved in them. Um, so how did you get into ceramics to begin with? Like what draws you to that? Mm. I, you know, I think just going back from to the very, very, very <laughs> initial beginning of my love for ceramics, I would say it probably goes back to childhood and living on a farm and growing up in the woods and just so completely close to the cycles of nature. Um, literally playing in dirt and mud. <laughs> um, and I ended up going to school to Penn State uh, University and actually getting my degree in ceramics. And um, my life has really been in the arts, to be honest, painting and drawing. And I've always felt very nurtured in the arts and wanted to create a career out of it so that my lifestyle could be as much fun as possible. Um, <laughs> so after graduating from Penn State, uh, with the degree in ceramics, then I really wanted to create my own business out of that and have my lifestyle be, you know, one that I could travel and I could um, meet people and work from his home studio and just really be completely immersed in my artwork. Um, so really my pot, it became a pottery line to be clear, you know, ceramics can be so many things that can be sculptural, that can be jewelry, which I also make, but mine was a pottery line. And, and why I love that so much is because, like I said, it was creating um, ritualized pieces that people live with very intimately inside their house, which is dinnerware. When you think about it, it's something you, you know, your coffee mug, your favorite mug you pick up every day and you use that. And so it brings beauty and, and intention um, into the home. And I really loved living close with people that way through my work. And another piece of that um, through the years, through like 11, 12 years now of ceramics is that I had the opportunity several times to create urns for ashes. And this was typically for animals and pets um, that I would be commissioned for. What happened though, and this is, also just really who I am as a human, but it, it, it brought me into deeper conversation with people about things that really mattered about talking about death and, and the emotions around death. And, 
and really being able to be there with somebody during those states and stages and having these real conversations that could really drop you into what I think of as like deep space and deep time. And, and one of the doors to get to deep space and deep time is simply by being present with somebody. And so it just brought a lot of presence and intention to my work. And I just realized how beautiful an object could become to someone um, simply because of the meaning we imbued it with. And that is ultimately the highest, um, the highest value of an object to me is the meaning somebody gives that it. it has nothing to do with how much money we spent on it. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. So how do you, like when you've been commissioned to make these pieces, is there, do you yourself go through a set of ceremony or a certain uh, frame of mind that you have to be in to be able to give the most um, and put all of that into the piece for this specific person? Is there some sort of ritual that you have around that when you start creating? Mm, I love that question because it's, yeah, you're right on about that. I absolutely sit with um, that. And this isn't something that I do all of the time take on commissions, but when I do mm. it, it's it's such an honor to be able to, I would say. Mm. And I recognize that that piece is so sacred and so, <clears throat> so, it's so it, it needs to be made with so much attention and so much intention because that's what it will hold and that's what it gives back to the person who is essentially receiving it back. So really I just, you know, find ways to um, center myself in that state of, of realizing how, how much beauty and um, what an honor it is to even be able to create that piece and stay in that place when I'm creating. Have you ever um, kind of guided someone along with you to create their own piece? Mm. Well, to be honest, I, I kind of, um, it, you know, at this point, I've moved away a little bit from doing the specific commissioned pieces for people. Yeah. And that's really where spirit vessels started to come in is realizing mm. that I could create something that could reach so many people that was still very one-on-one -on -one intimate experience, but I didn't necessarily have to be there having that conversation with them um, and right. creating that piece for them. So, so I still create, of course, the urns, the objects. And then it's really a packaged piece where they choose the urn that they like. So there are multiple mm. options. And then the ceremonial package of what spirit vessel really is, is uh, a guided uh, package that is something that you purchase, you bring into your house. And then step by step, it is a guidebook and literally an anthology of 70 pages of, you know, really my creative response to um, setting up ceremonies and how to work with grief in the family mm -hmm. and how to hold that space of celebrating and honoring um, a loved one. And so, you know, traditionally we, we do this outside of the home and funeral and we've gotten funerals and services that don't necessarily serve or acknowledge the individual's uh, desires or wishes at the end of life. Mm -hmm. and and really celebrating who they are and how they lived. And I think kind of in a default mode of how we um, see death in this culture, which is really through, through a lot of 
filters uh, that just don't serve life, to be honest. <laughs> we, we get away from, you know, what, what the ceremony is really about. It's about being able to grieve together and mm-hmm. coming together and talking and moving those emotions so that we are truly honoring the person who has passed. Right. Right. We're, Cause we're so disconnected from death nowadays mm-hmm. and yeah, it's so important to create ceremony around it, especially I'd love to talk further into the episode. I would love to talk more about how this can help with grief because when we're not uh, kind of accepting the loss right away or maybe really confronting it at first and just kind of treating it like, okay, now I got to go to the funeral. Now I got to go do this. And then just quickly moving on and not being present in the moment and kind of taking in everything that's happening. I think personally, um, at least in my experience, it's really, um, it's made it really difficult with the process of grief just throughout time because it doesn't seem natural almost to do that. You know, it's grief is normal and it's okay to express your emotions and feel. And I think a lot of us, I don't know if it's just the way I grew up or, or what it is, maybe it's society. I don't know, but you know, like people, people don't want to see you cry. Like keep that at home. That's private. You know, don't show your emotions. And it's part of us. It's like part of being human to have emotions and express them. So I think this whole thing is kind of in place too to, you know, have us embrace that side of us and encourage that we feel <laughs> what needs to be felt, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, okay, so before we kind of move more into the ceremony aspect, I wanted to ask you about the name Spirit Vessel why did you choose that name and what does it mean to you? Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. And I I would really second everything you just said. I mean, I could (laughs) fly a freak flag. It's really, it would say normalize (laughs) grief, you know? Yeah. Seriously. There's so much stigma and it really cuts us off from life by not experiencing our grief. And we can go into all of that. I'm happy. Yeah. You know what? Let's go into that. And then we'll talk about (laughs) spirit vessel. Yeah. Cause there's a lot to dissect there and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. You're not kidding. Um, (laughs) Well, it's true. It's what you said. You know, we, we absolutely live in a culture here in the States and America. And I don't, this isn't true for the entire world. This isn't um, worldwide true, but here, in our culture, uh, we really stigmatize death and, and grief. And it really cuts us off from, like you said, experiencing literally that other half of ourselves. You know, we talk about the light and the dark of ourselves and, um, the, the, our emotional realm. And really when we can't, well, when we deny ourselves the ability to feel our pain and our sorrow, then we're really denying ourselves of living fully because that experience is so full of medicine for learning um, about ourselves. And, and when we touch our own grief, it, in my experience and from the experiences I've witnessed and have heard in others, it is like touching a reservoir in the world that puts you in touch with everyone else's pain and grief. And 
and in a good way, right? Because that's making us human. We realize how truly human we are. It's not, it's not this like positivity, love and light. It's like, <laughs> yes, that too. But, and. <laughs> and it also probably can... makes you feel more connected to others because it's a shared common experience mm. that we all go through, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I'm, yeah, that's where I'm, where I'm going with that. And, um, and that is the beauty of it. So really though, for me, recognizing that not, um, not being able to grieve well, right. So if we can't even accept our own death and have conversations around death and dying in our culture, how does that set us up to grieve well for those who have passed? Um, and grief is not just around death, right? Grief is around all of the little deaths in our lives too, whether that's relationships and friendships and marriages. I mean, we could go on and on about that too. So grief is obviously not specific to death, but but if we don't know how to grieve well, we don't know how to teach each other to grieve. And and I'll pull this back into spirit vessel for a second, because really um, through my experiences of my own grief and just listening and being and feeling and um, accepting the fact that I had a lot of unfelt grief in myself for a long time and uh, creating from that space, I I wanted to move into a space with the ceremonies that actually offered parents a way to speak to their children about the pet loss, essentially. Mm, so before wow. Spirit Vessel became what it is, the first, the first, um, the really the conception of it, the first idea was to help children be able to process grief and give parents the tools to do that. And so Spirit Vessel um, in the beginning was creating small ceremonies and it's really the same format and structure. It's a guidebook and a template and um, all of the pieces you need to be really like handheld through the process. So you don't have to go search on online, like what to do and how to do and how to process. Like this is, this is a packaged piece so that when it arrives, you simply design from it what you want and you have the agency to do so. So so really, uh, it was working with children to talk about grief because as we grow through our lives, we really, you know, those first impressionable experiences of, of death, that is how we move through the world. And if we're not taught or relearn for ourselves um, how to experience that and how to feel or, or what's okay and what's not, then then we carry that with us and that becomes a baggage. And so this idea was to be able to give children that experience. So, you know, maybe they could then remember this ceremony and say, okay, this was this really special time that we took place to honor life and honor who died or what died and realize how sacred that space is because we don't remember things in a timeline of linear thinking and we remember memories and moments in our lives that, that gave such impact. So, so that was the initial um, design for Spirit Vessel was really to help children. And then the multi-generational impact of that was the other part. Like if we can't teach each other to grieve well, this is a multi-generational problem that we're having because we don't teach our ancestors to grieve well and who will become our ancestors. And so really there's a, there's a long view here of, uh, yes, it's extremely personal in your own experience, but look outward and onward and look before you who came and who will come. And how do we set up a better structure for, for those we love to come? Yes. Wow. 
like I want to stand up and clap. That's beautiful. Because <laughs> that's anyway. Um, <laughs> what fuck? What was I saying? Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the whole thing about uh, teaching children how to grieve. But yeah, because mm. a lot of children. I mean, that's the fir- the first experience that they have with grief, and yeah. I mean, imagine like mm. people struggle with grief, parents probably even more, you know, they're trying to not cause trauma to the kids. So I could only imagine how, how do you teach a child how to grieve if you don't even know how to grieve yourself? <laughs> so I think that's beautiful. Do you, does exactly. that, is that still included in um, the package that you offer now, like a little section on pets, pet loss or no? Um, so actually that is going to be uh, version 2.0 of spirit oh, vessel. Cool. And cool. the reason why I set that on the sideline is because as I was writing the booklet and the guide over six months, um, designing all of this to create the ceremonies, mm-hmm. um, COVID hit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when COVID hit, yeah. So it was like, everything was in the works, except that I just, I did a little 180 on it because I realized that what was going to be created in this culture and in the world was now a conversation that I was thinking I had to prepare for and teach people and educate more on. But all of the sudden it, it turned around and really educated me because I realized that if I were speaking to pets and designing something that was um, for animals, I was really going to miss the opportunity to help people as COVID would come through uh, the world with so many deaths, with so much trauma around that, with so much need for connection and ceremony. Um, And so I decided to take a a leap for myself and create the ceremonies for people. Mm -hmm. And then that idea expanded because I realized it's not just for those who have passed and who will pass. It's Mm -hmm. for also, we can be designing ceremonies for um, those who are pre-planning their own ceremony. Mm -hmm. Um, So pre-planning is, you know, perhaps you or I would do this and because the truth is, we don't know how old we are when we die. Like absolutely. we don't know any of this. We never know. So yeah, we, we don't need to tomorrow. be eighty. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, so the idea is like, if you're going to have a conscious life and consciously create and make decisions for yourself, why wouldn't we be doing that around our death as well? And there's multiple reasons for that. Not only that we have our wishes and our desires fulfilled, but also because it alleviates our families, the stress and the duress and all of the fear and issues that come up with death. Of course it will, of course it does, but we can help alleviate that for our families. If we are brave enough and courageous enough to have these conversations with ourselves. And so that's, that's part of spirit vessel. So the ceremonies, there are three types. There's pre-planning living memorial and memorial service And they're all celebration of life ceremonies because really it's about honoring and celebrating the life. And of course, it's for the grieving, those who are there to participate in the experience of the ceremony. It's for their grieving process. Mm -hmm. So the living memorial ceremony is for anyone who has not passed yet, but perhaps they are elderly or terminally ill. Um, And you recognize that the time here on earth is a narrow time frame. And instead of 
you know, waiting until you've passed, if it's you who is choosing to design the ceremony to bring your family together um, so that they can have this peace of mind that you're being, you know, loved and honored and having a peaceful exit as much as possible. Or if, you know, you have that family member um, in your family and you want to honor them and give them that celebration, that ceremony before they passed. So that's, that's the second version. And then of course there's the memorial service. So the memorial service is clearly for anyone who has passed and um, the family is gathering to celebrate and grieve and, and be in that ceremony space together. How did you come up with this? And I mean, the actual details of, of each type of ceremony. What kind of research did you have to do? Where did you have to look? Because I would love to hear more about, you know, if there are certain cultures and styles of celebration of life that you were drawn to that you wanted to include versus other ones that you weren't, or I don't know, I'm just, it's an open, open floor right now for that. (laughs) Okay, sure. Um, Well, I, I would say when spirit vessels, and I speak of it because it's really its own business and entity and um, it's its own, own living creature right now. <laughs> so spirit vessel, when it, when it decided to move into um, ceremonies to help people instead of pets, I was designing them as a memorial service ceremony. So essentially the way that it is seen in the States is let's sell, you know, let's honor somebody after they pass, that's when we talk about death, you know, not before that's, <laughs> that's too soon. So God forbid. then realizing, yeah, God, God forbid, we actually talk about this <laughs> sacred rite of passage that we're all going to go through. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so then I realized at that point, I'm like, well, th- if the ceremonies are being developed the way that I am developing them, which um, I'll talk to in a moment, there's no reason why we can't bring more conscious awareness to living uh, having the conversations while we're alive. And um, I know some funeral homes already have uh, pre-planning as, you know, part of their offering. And so this was really like, well, how do you bring it into the home even more intimately for people? Um, you don't have to go necessarily through a funeral home, although we are looking to affiliate with funeral homes and be able to offer this package through um, two funeral homes so that people can That's find great. us there as well. Yeah. And so, um, with pre-planning, I just realized this is, this is something that would have really helped families alleviate before death. And so living memorial, I think because of my research, of course, and just really, I did do a year, years worth or more of research around everything that I wanted to include in this. It wasn't, certainly wasn't all intuited. Um, but I wanted to offer something, um, you know, my, my grandparents are elderly and my grandmother passed away in August and, and I couldn't be there because of COVID and nor could my family. And I know this isn't um, necessarily a story we haven't dealt with a lot this year, but you know, that breaks my heart that that didn't happen. And if I could do anything and go back, I, I wish I could have given her a living memorial service. And I wish that I could have done that through spirit vessel and had, a you know, done it over zoom. Cause that's so easy to do. This doesn't have to be physically in person. It can be through zoom. And, and it makes me just wish I could honor the people who I really love more in my life and have this experience for them. So, so then the living memorial became a part of it. Um, 
it was already a part of it. That's just a, an example of why I wish I could have used it sooner, to be yeah. honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, just talking to the ceremonies themselves, then, like you were, you were wondering, um, I really designed them to be something that we could all work with. So, you know, if, you know, sphere vessel is really made for anyone. And, and I say that in the way that like, it's not religious, it's not, there's no association to, um, any sort of church or religious belief. It is very specifically what you believe, what you want to bring to it. So it's made for all walks of life and um, all beliefs here. And the way that I decided to design that so that it could be applicable and reach um, everyone in that way was to design the booklet around passages and prompts. And this is really the interactive piece. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, the booklet will walk you through how, who, when, where. It's literally you're setting up your own ceremony. Multiple meditations and poems and eulogy examples so that you don't have to research all this. You just tr truly choose what feels good to you and, and design from there. Um, it's about choosing a master of ceremony, how to set up the space, how to hold the space. And then the bulk of Spirit Vessel's work is the passages and prompts that I wrote. And so the passages really speak to um, an emotion that we might be feeling um, or that your, you know, your family or your community, whoever you decide to have the ceremonies with. So that could be anything from, you know, grief to anger, to gratitude, to love, to surrendering. And so there are multiple prompts that go with these different pieces so that you really get to choose um, what you want to work with there. Yeah. And the whole guided aspect is, I mean, that, that is the point of your work, right? But it's so, so necessary because like, like we were talking about earlier, we don't really know how to even begin to tap into these emotions and dissect them. So, so, so important to include. Um, before we move mm. forward, this is something that we talked about way earlier. We don't have to continue talking about it, but I just feel called to highlight the fact that we reference that grief is not just about death, but there is death of, uh, you know, relationships. There is death of careers. There's all these things that most people don't really consider a death um, or that they should be grieving for. And I think it's like time to normalize all that because it's all different ways of expressing grief, but it's unavoidable. We all go through changes in life. I just wanted to highlight that because I've been recently, I've gone through a breakup of like six years. And when I talk about it, you know, it's like sometimes I'm dealing with my emotions and the grief that comes from it. And I, and I call it grief. And some people are like, grief like what the hell and I'm like well it is it's a loss you know it's it's a loss of so many things but it's mm -hmm. it's just like death uh it's just the death of a relationship so I just wanted to highlight that because yes. I think it's so important <laughs> um I'll talk with you about that actually um <laughs> yeah go ahead <laughs> and why because it's so pertinent to um my story as well and I can mm. I can really witness you in that um and I would agree with you. There is, there is no parameter around how we feel grief, you know, yeah. and I have been, I have experienced losses of best friends, um, family members, uh, 
and, and their deaths of course have impacted me in huge ways. And, um, but I, I do have an acceptance of death and an understanding of it that allows me to let go and mm. let things live on. Um, and then more personally, I, I did experience a breakup of uh, eight years. And out of that experience, it was because it's so personal, because what you said, because you are literally uh, an identity is dying in yourself, all your dreams, all your future visions, all of these things you've literally created with this other is vanished. And that is, that is truly a huge grief to, Mm -hmm. to move with and to be present with. And I've had girlfriends who um, have experienced uh, divorces, you know, after 10 and 15 years, and they say, you know, my my father died or my mother died and but that did not compare to the grief that I feel this because this is like uh, and that's a personal experience and this is personal for everyone so I'm certainly not saying that one is over or under the other but but I can really acknowledge that grief in and of itself is how you personally feel it yes yes absolutely and also another thing to highlight is to accept whichever kind of grief you feel for whichever kind of loss. So another thing that I've experienced is that a friend of mine that I wasn't that close with passed away a few years ago, a couple of years ago. And that hit me way harder than my favorite grandparent, you know, and all I did was ask myself why that makes no sense and really trying to understand it. And maybe just accept like that's just the way it's showing up and you don't have to understand it. We're always so focused on like, I need the answers. I need the answers. But maybe if you just Mm -hmm. let it happen, then you won't Mm. get so stuck on it. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're right. Everybody wants to, you know, be able to put everything in a box and label Mm -hmm. it to make sense out of it. But that is just not the mysteries of the world, you know, that's. And I, and I think that there's so much truth to being in that place of just, this is what I feel and I don't need to know why, but I can mm-hmm. let this feeling just be here and I can be present with it. And, right. and, uh, it will actually most likely move through you a lot quicker if you're not trying to push it away and shove right. it down somewhere where you can't feel it again yeah. and just being present with yourself and, and staying with those feelings and allowing yourself to feel. And no, there doesn't need to be reasons for everything. I, right. I think that that really kills off the mystery of life. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much so. Um, this is another question that I have. It's random, but whatever. I'm just going to ask it. Um, how you Earlier, you mentioned that you had a lot of unfelt grief in your past. How did you realize that you had unfelt grief and how did you move through that? Like, was it because I guess I'm trying to get to um, the fact that sometimes when we don't experience or feel our grief, it can show up in other ways in our bodies, whether it's through disease or anxiety or anger or whatever it may be. So I'm curious to know like what that experience was like for you. Yes, I agree with what you're saying. There's there's a level of um, not feeling what we're feeling that really creates a lot of mm-hmm. disease in our lives. Dis-ease, I would say. Um, yeah. So oh, let's say 
I would, I would say growing up, I've always been in a highly sensitive person. Like mm. my nervous system picks up everything <laughs> even now. So I just feel like even with, you know, COVID and everything happening, yeah. I, I, my energy system spikes a lot. Um, yeah. feeling what others are feeling and, and being <clears throat> in a time like this. And so, you know, but to draw that back to my own experience, I think that there were so many years of my life where, um, I stayed in survival mode of, you know, let's just work, 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 work. And, uh, you know, keep your head down because there, you just have to keep moving. And, yeah. and I think I was so out of alignment with my own sense of trust in, in the greater picture of my life that, you know, I didn't have to be in this state of, um, just doing all the time just to like, exist and enjoy my life. But, but I did that because I really wanted to grow a successful ceramics business. And, and if you're living in the Bay area, being a ceramic artist, you better have a fuck ton of hustle in your life. <laughs> so that's what it was. And so I, I spent years in, um, in, in a relationship that I, you know, probably should have been out of a long time before mm-hmm. I was. And so kind of you know, keeping myself in a place of unhappiness and working in. Mm. And then uh, I made a move to Oregon and I moved there with my partner at the time. And um, we were working, we lived out in this, oh my God, beautiful 200 year old, (laughs) old growth forest uh, out on a river in the middle of nowhere. And it was a dream for sure, but it was also a complete like, uh, step out of my occupational work because Mm -hmm. I was now, you know, now I'm not in San Francisco. All of a sudden I'm in the middle of nowhere, Oregon, but that really served me in a way that I never saw coming as so many things do in our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. We ended up splitting up and I had built a studio there with him, a ceramic studio. Um, Maybe we probably shouldn't have tried to live in a 200 foot cabin together (laughs) all winter. Um, That might've helped, but you know, hindsight. Um, (laughs) And I think that just really moved the whole process along quicker. Mm. And so um, after that, we decided to split and I, I had a lot of time on my hands to really be uh, reflecting on my own life and, you know, the decisions that I was making and where I came to that point. And, um, I, the word I really used during those years is surrender because I didn't know how to surrender at that point. And I thought I'm going to teach myself to surrender and I'm going to teach myself to just calm down and live in the flow of my life and to listen closely and to know that I don't need to, you know, work for my survival. Like I, there, there can be a sense of relaxation and release and ease. And I really wanted to experience that, but I knew I would have to teach myself to do that because my uh, nervous system was and my whole body was just wired to be the opposite. And in that process um, of grieving the relationship itself, um, I also just felt years of like compounded grief that I actually never really knew how to grieve well. And um, all the little things that, you know, have, changed in my life and I've lost in my life and, and have changed me. It just, it really felt like a, a a wellspring of like, whoa, this is grief. But it also did this amazing thing where it put me back in touch with so much life force in myself 
that I, I felt like I had just like rewound years off of my life because I, there was just like this sense of, well, that's, that was that weight I was carrying around, you know, I just never knew how to talk about it or feel it. And then, and then as it started to come off, just because I simply felt like I was with it and let it, um, I just felt so in touch with life again. And it really gave me like a renewed sense of, of joy. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was a relationship. It was, um, a lot of things though, that I probably aren't even worth explaining, um, that all related to grief. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just want to say thank you so much for opening up, you know, into your personal life. Um, even though we are talking about spirit vessel, but it's all related in my opinion. And, you know, spirit vessel wouldn't have happened. had you not gone through the experiences that you did? And also I love getting a little bit more personal with people because sometimes, you know, like random questions will pop up into my head and I just choose to follow my intuition, go there because you never know, maybe someone that's listening to this right now needs to hear that specific thing you just said. So just once again, I want to thank you for, you know, getting personal. <laughs> um, Absolutely. That's yeah. what makes you a good podcaster. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, stop. Um, so I never, okay. Yes. I wanted to know why spirit vessel, why that name? Yeah. Spirit vessel is um, well, there are multi, it has a multi-dimensional aspect to it because spirit vessel to me is the body, like our human bodies that carry our spirits. So it's an acknowledgement of, you know, who we are and um, how our spirits move through this world and that we get to be in a physical body to experience it. And what a beautiful, awesome thing that is. Um, and then spirit vessels, also the urns themselves that hold the ashes. Mm. Um, and so that is the spirit vessel. And I just want to say on that note, like, even if uh, cremation is not what you want or what you planned. The vessel itself is really part of the ceremony. So it can be put, you know, on an altar after the ceremony. It can, it can be part of because of the prompts that would include it. So just to say if cremation is not what you signed up for in this world, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Spirit vessel still applies. Um, and then really the third aspect of spirit vessel, and I like that it is a three, uh, it's the, it's the vessel that we create when we're in a ceremony space together. So it's kind of the structure and the form of creating a ceremony is also a very held space. Um, that space is created through um, setting it up and then through what happens within it. And so it just seemed really appropriate that those three vessels were yeah. acknowledged. Beautiful. And I love that word vessel. It's I don't know. Me too. Powerful. <laughs> Powerful. I love it. I love it. Yes. Um, so I think in a few minutes, I'm going to start wrapping up our conversation, but I just wanted to make sure, um, especially related to Spirit Vessel, if there's anything else that you wanted to comment on that I didn't ask about or any last words on it. If not, we'll just move into how people can find you, get in touch with you, and um, get a hold of your services. Yeah, sure. Um, well, one last note that I, I feel like I want to say because yeah. I realized that the timeliness of creating an offering like Spirit Vessel coinciding with 
uh, a pandemic of mm. COVID-19 and all of the loss and um, untalked about grief and pain of just not being able to connect and be in communication and like real connection with people during this time is, I mean, it's profound. And I want to speak to anybody who has experienced death during this time. Um, I, I hope you can find a way to create a ceremony and if it's spirit vessel, beautiful, you know, but just to be able to step into that space to acknowledge the loss. And if it's, you know, can be done on zoom calls, it can be done physically as well. Um, but really just reaching out to say like, this is something that could be helpful for you if that's your experience. Ceremony, very important. And like myself, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. So I'm glad that there are people like you offering what you do. So thank you. All right. So how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find more information on spiritvessel.com and Spirit Vessel uh, website will tell you all of the information way more succinctly than I spoke today about pre-planning, living memorial, memorial service ceremonies. Um, you can get everything you need there information-wise. Um, you can purchase off of the site. And if you'd like to connect and contact me, Jessica, um, and also my sister, Amanda, who is my business partner in Spirit Vessel, you can reach us at support at spiritvessel.com. Um, and you can also find us, our contact sheet on our website. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So now to <laughs> the awesome. last two questions. Um, All right. One. Here we go. If you were to die tomorrow, how would you like to be remembered? Ooh, light questions. Um, <laughs> I I want to be remembered tomorrow as I want to be remembered today, which is somebody who followed their heart and had presence with other people and lived in a very intentionally way and honored the sacredness of life and the sacredness of dying. Hell yeah, girl. I love that. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Second question. If you were to compile all the knowledge and wisdom gained throughout your life into a message you could share with the world, what would that message be? Mm. I think for me, it all comes back to um, follow your intuition, you know, follow your own North Star because every decision I've ever made in my life when I've done that, even when it made no freaking sense at all in the moment, <laughs> uh, has always come back like tenfold to be like, Oh, wow. That's why that was important. Yeah. Or that's what that gave me or, you know, so follow your heart, follow your intuition. There is nothing outside of your body, outside of your heart that has an answer for you that you don't have for yourself. Ooh. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's beautiful. I a hundred and thousand percent agree with that. Intuition is so important to follow. And yes, like you said, might not make sense in the moment, but hindsight it will. And then that way you'll start trusting your intuition and allowing it to have effect on your life more. So beautiful. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please make sure to subscribe. And if you'd like, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. It really helps spread the message. 
Also, if you'd like to connect with me, follow me on Instagram at conversations on death, and I will talk to you guys soon. Take care. <laughs>